The Old Testament reading is from Isaiah chapter 61 and 2. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, for my soul shall exalt in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation, he has covered me with the robes of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a burning torch. The nations shall see your righteousness and all the kings of your glory, and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle lesson is from Galatians chapter 4. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. The Holy Gospel for this, the first Sunday of Christmas, is according to St. Luke, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God and he said, Lord, Now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, that you are prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for the glory of your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, This child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanael of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin and then as a widow until she was 84. 
She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Oh, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now today we're going to conclude the sermon series that began during the month of December, the season of Advent, where we were focusing in the midweek services and then on Christmas Day as well on the dressings of the king, in other words, the clothing of the king. And today we want to step back in Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 1 and reading through verse 1 to 7. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph, he also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. This is our text. Well, in the name of Christ, our Messiah, our Savior, the Lord of all the earth, dear believers in him. Well, the King of the universe, the Savior of us all, has arrived. As we heard, he was laid in a manger, and he was adored by Mary and Joseph, spied upon by curious animals, and this newborn Savior, our King, is wrapped in swaddling cloths. In Jesus' day, newborns were washed with water normally when they were born. They were rubbed with salt and olive oil. And then multiple strips of fabric taken from different clothing, garments, and household items would be wrapped tightly around the child, securing their tiny arms to their side and their legs together serving to shield them, to shield them from the cold. But newborns were wrapped in more than just mere strips of cloth. Each infant was wrapped in love, as their mom ensured that their little treasure, and in this case, our Lord and our Savior, was safe, sound, and snug as a bug. The swaddling cloths that wrap our Savior tight like a burrito are a small but important detail. It is Jesus' first outfit, after all. And more than that, these swaddling cloths are a picture of what this child, once grown, will provide for us all. You know, the world is a cold place. Jesus acknowledges that one of the signs of the fact that we're living in the end times is that the love of many will grow cold. 
And we don't like to dwell on that chilly aspect of life during this season, do we? This Christmas season, after all, it is a season of goodwill and cheer. But life is replete with broken promises, tension-filled relationships, awkward interactions, gut-wrenching rejections, terrible misunderstandings, apathetic attitudes, and passive-aggressive bullying tactics. And as a result, we often feel like an outsider, alone and caught in some cold or chilly relationship. Perhaps you have felt that kind of chilly, cold relationship this Christmas season. At a time when relationships are front and center, the season is packed with opportunity for the dysfunction so common to human, to human interaction to be felt in full force. And yet, born in Jesus is the promise that we will never be stuck in the cold when it comes to our Creator. Yes, our sins, they earn us an outside status, a rightful rejection when compared to the beauty of our God and the standard of life and love that He's given to us and He desires from us. But this baby that is born in Bethlehem who is laid in a manger and wrapped in swaddling cloths, has been born to bring us back into the family of God. This child will grow to live the life of love that we should live, but we fail to live. And it's by faith in Him alone, in His perfect fidelity to the will of God, that that fidelity will be credited to us to enjoy as our own. And so clothed and swaddled in Christ's righteousness when we're baptized, we're welcomed into God's grace. We're welcomed into God's pleasure. We're welcomed into God's family as a son or as a daughter. And wrapped in love and wrapped with love, wrapped with the love of God, that's the state in which we find ourselves today. Now you may be on the outs with any number of people in this cold world. You may have outside status in some club or group or even in your school or maybe even in your own home. You feel like an outsider. But one relationship will never be more, will never more be in doubt. One status is strong and secure. You reside in the light you reside in the warmth of your Father's love. He cherishes you. In fact, He celebrates you. He dotes on you. And He smiles at the very thought of you. Very much like if we can imagine Mary does with her newborn son. Being swaddled in our Heavenly Father's love and in Christ's righteousness provides us with the security and the safety that we need to live in this cold and dangerous world. The scriptures say that Satan prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And he's ever stalking us, but we need not be afraid. The attacks of this sin-sick world and our sin-sick flesh come at us day after day after day and we give in to those temptations of the world, and we give in to the temptations of our flesh, and we wonder, can God, our Father, truly love me? And His answer to us in Christ is, yes, 
I always love you and I always forgive you. Death is all around us and eventually comes a calling for each and every one of us. But again, we need not be afraid because the Christ child grew to be a man who ultimately rose from the dead promising us everlasting life. Yes, this brave little boy who was born in Bethlehem and wrapped in swaddling cloths, well, he comes to confront every evil that threatens us and to battle every foe that terrorizes us. He's here to live. He's here to fight. He's here to die and then to rise like a man on a mission. And in his brief life, and yes, Jesus' life was very brief, he faces every evil. He confronts every terror, taking each one on, and including death. And as promised in the Garden of Eden, he crushes all of them. He wins by dying. And in dying, in being rejected by his own people, and even by being rejected by his own eternal Father, punished for crimes that he did not commit and giving his life on a cross as if he is the chief of all sinners, this newborn brings life, new life, to this dying world. And more, most importantly, brings new life to you and to me. He drains the world's evil of its power by absorbing it at all, along with God's wrath into himself and rendering this world impotent to lay any kind of permanent claim on us. This child, he goes from being washed in salt and rubbed in olive oil and wrapped in swaddling cloths to being bathed in perfume in preparation for burial, swaddled in grave cloths, covered in myrrh, and set in a tomb, but only to rise in victorious fashion from the dead. And through faith in this child, through a relationship of dependence upon who this baby is and all that he will do for us, his victory over this dangerous world becomes our victory. Oh yes, there are times in our life when we will flail and we will fall. There will be times in our life when we will experience cuts and bruises and scratches and scrapes because that's the way it is to live in this world. And yes, there will even be a time when we will experience a mortal wound. But we are wrapped. We're wrapped in the swaddling cloth of God's love. And nothing can separate us from that love that God has for us. Just ask Stephen, the first martyr of the Christian faith, whose day we observed on December the 26th. Here was a man who was a follower of Jesus Christ, being obedient to his Lord, and for his obedience, he was stoned to death. Think on John the Apostle, a follower of Jesus, whose day we also observed this past week, who was banished to the island of Patmos, who was beaten on several occasions, who was rejected by many and even accused of false teachings by the enemies of the church. And yet he prevailed, because nothing could separate him from the love that God has for him. And think of the holy innocents, those 
toddler boys who were two years and younger who were slaughtered simply because there was a king paranoid thinking about the fact that there was a rival king who might rule or replace him as ruler of Israel. Those innocents were not, those innocent children, those boys were not separated from the love that God has for them in Christ. And what's true for them is also true for us and for all believers in Christ. There are no eternal fatal blows for us because we belong to Jesus and we're swallowed in our, we are swallowed in our Lord's love and unfailing promises. You know, there's maybe nothing more loving and sweeter than the love that a mother has toward her newborn child. Her eyes are fixed on her child. Her arms are hesitant to let go of her infant child when, say, the nurse comes to take her son or daughter away from her. Tears run down her cheeks as she watches her newborn wiggle and move and yawn and stretch, thinking about how that was feeling within when the baby was within her, but now she can actually see the baby outside of her womb doing these things. There's little more loving to behold as she slowly and deliberately takes a tiny blanket and wraps the blanket around the child's body and tucks it in just right so it'll stay put. And she holds her child and she rocks her child and then she finally falls asleep or the child finally falls asleep in his or her mother's embrace. And it's such love, isn't it? And it's such a gift. And if you ask almost any mom, they will tell you that there's no better present than to hold your own child in your arms. Well, Mary's love for Jesus a mother's love for her child is a picture. It's a picture of God's love for us in Jesus Christ. I mean, did you know that God the Father, because of Jesus Christ, looks upon you with an even greater love than that of, than that of a mother's love for her own child? That his eyes are fixed on you and that you are held in his arms I mean, it's understandable that you might forget this truth, especially during this season when there's a myriad of activities going on, when you're getting all kinds of different gifts from all kinds of different people, or maybe it's easy to forget this truth because your mind is preoccupied with the troubles of life and with the chilled relationships that you're having to deal with. But may there be a moment, at least one, during this Christmas season and really throughout the coming year when you recall your baptism that time when your heavenly father wrapped you yes wrapped you in the swaddling cloths of Christ's righteousness and he took you into his arms and you're as snug as a bug in the care of the one who loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Friends, you are safe. And you are secure. Why? Because you're swaddled in the eternal love of your Heavenly Father. Yes, He holds you in His arms. What an incredible image 
for us to place in our mind this day as we begin 2024. May it be an image you carry with you throughout the coming year. With that in mind, I say to you all, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.